wise man once said, if at first you don't succeed, try, try, try again. If Luckily, at first you don't succeed, fuck up my Friday evening. <laughs> Welcome to take two of episode four of Phobia Phobia. I am Kaz. And I'm Eddie. We would have uh, uploaded take one anyway, but it is just me talking to myself, which is further proof that Kaz exists only in my mind. Hmm. As uh, with most most podcasts, we have had that that episode where at the end of recording, we discover it all went tits up. So, Mine didn't. Yeah, well, you know. Even your microphone had enough of your shit. I know, and I I feel like this microphone owes me its life. I'm the reason that we bought this microphone because I. I'm familiar with the brand from... I'm pretty sure that's how most people talked about slaves. Whoa! (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna go into that. One minute in, and shit got dark. Speaking Uh, of which... Shit got dark. Well done, you did it this time. So, yeah, uh, this episode is about nyctophobia, the fear of nighttime or the darkness. Can I say it? Can I? Yes, you can say it. Or fear of people called Nick. Wasn't funny the first time, isn't funny now. <laughs> so, <laughs> one thing that was uh, interesting when we recorded this the first time is that, well, the reason I, this is my episode, I chose to talk about nectophobia because I want to talk about how I had it for an embarrassingly long time. And what did Nick do to you? So help me, God. <laughs> Like, I, I was one of those guys who had a nightlight when I was still, like, 14. Yeah, and... I find that absolutely fascinating because I nightlights growing up to me, and we, we grew up in the same town, but to me, a nightlight was this, like, fancy American contraption. It was like having a freezer that made ice. It was like the height of bougie. As to me, that was a corner sofa. Having a corner oh, sofa yeah. was like, you have made it in life. Yeah, no, that's it's in exactly the same thing in my head. Corner sofas, uh, fridges that make ice, and nightlights. Why nightlights? What, what made them so fancy in your head? I don't know, man. Like, I had the strangest ideas of what was fancy as a child, you know. But I think it's just something that we never had. We didn't have nightlights, but my mum, and we did mention this, my mum, to this day, keeps the bathroom light on at night. So, the concept of a nightlight was always just a bit invalid, maybe, in my house? Or maybe maybe my mum was just like, no, I'm not having three different light lights for my three paranoid children. You're getting <laughs> one light kept on, <laughs> and you'll be happy. <laughs> but see, I only had a nightlight whenever I was staying with my dad. Because when I was staying with my mum, both bedrooms I had, like, when I moved into my sister's bedroom when she moved out, faced the main road, so there were street lamps. But even then, I still didn't like being in, like, that relative darkness. Yeah, I mean, in my mum's house, I have stayed habitually in every room. Like, three out of the four rooms in that house have been my bedroom at some point. Your first bedroom was a walk-in closet. No, that was my second. Was it? Jesus, you you downgraded it. Oh yeah, no, I actually did. I was in a big bedroom which had two single beds in it and my sister 
was in the small room that was basically a closet. And then I don't remember why or when or wherefore we we swapped at some point. You technically said why twice. I know. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, but then we swapped and that little walk-in closet became my cave. And then Paddy moved out and a little while later I stole his room. Stole? Well, yeah, I mean, he didn't live at home anymore. What was he going to have a big bedroom for? Yeah, that's what I did with my sister's room. She had, like, the biggest room in the house and I had the smallest, so as soon as she was gone, it's like, and this belongs to me now. <laughs> I, I will take this room, thank you. Yeah, I just, Christopher Columbus, the hell out of it, just went in there and was like, ah, and this now belongs to me, fuck you. I think that should be something we now say, I Christopher Columbus it. I th- the word is colonized, I guess, but... No, no. Fun fact, the word colony actually comes from his name. I know, but I'm still going to say I Christopher Columbus did. Like Christopher Columbus did. It's like, instead of saying, I fixed, I fixed, I can't speak, I fixed something in a slapdash kind of way. I, I don't say I fixed it. I don't say I, I jury rigged it. I say I MacGyvered it. Ah, uh, yeah. To MacGyver. I think I, I, think I always like, like makeshift. I like, I do like the word makeshift. It's a good word. Was it? I only just learned that the, uh, recently learned that the word like botch, as in to botch something, came from an actual guy's name. What? Like, so hold on, botching plastic surgery. There's yeah, this yeah. dude out there, botch, who's just fucked up all these fake titties, and. Uh, well, it, it's a, it was a man named uh, Thomas Beitch, I think it was, or I think it may have been pronounced Beitch, but um, he was an engineer and he de- developed a railway between Edinburgh and Aberdeen and there were design flaws and the whole thing was a massive disaster and fell apart. So his name became synonymous with unbelievable failure. So he pulled a Monica. He pulled a Monica. Oh my God. I thought you were going to say he was that guy who was like the surgeon who was the fastest knife in the West. And he killed, like, eight people or something? Three. Three. It was only three. Yeah, yeah he, it was like, he performed yeah. a surgery that had a 300% mortality rate. Oh, yeah. Because Hilarious story. he accidentally killed the patient and yeah, sliced through... Yeah, he sliced through the, um, the person who was assisting him and they got infected and died. And I think the third one was someone in the audience died of shock i think i actually i thought they collapsed and smacked their head off something oh i thought it was like just sheer up or, straight up shock but it was the shock anyway because it was the they they fainted and or something hmm. so yeah 300 percent mortality rate <laughs> that's such a hilarious story to me even though it's dark as fuck and people die <laughs> it's horrible <laughs> three people died and we we're like lol <laughs> That's just the we did warn people about our dark sense of humor in episode one. So if you're not used to that by now, what the hell are you still doing here? Yeah, if if you're not realizing that we're mental, dude, come on. So back into talking about dark things, uh, nyctophobia. So I have never spoken about this because I was embarrassed by it. I was embarrassed by how long I was afraid of the dark. And in recording this, attempting to record this for the first time, I find out the same was true about Kaz. Yeah. Hi, I'm Kaz. I suffer from many things, but one of them is nyctophobia. 
and we had sleepovers and stuff like we got together and like drank and like watched horror films and shit when we were younger and we stayed at each other's places and both of us just kind of put up with this yeah from from we were about 16 like we stayed together like loads we did have sleepovers I love how you say we drank. The drinking came in when we were 18. For two years, it was... We drank so much coke, we were probably <laughs> levitating. And I, I believe one night we did reach a higher state of consciousness. Was that the night that we got those re- little record cards and drew on them and put them all over my bedroom? Yes, I believe that was that time. That I think I only took them down when I repainted that room about five years ago. Yeah, I remember you still having them up when I visited you, like, mid-uni. Yeah, they were they were up for a very, very long time. And they were just stupid shit. Like, there was just a random card that said, don't look behind you. Oh, yeah. I, I think even one of them was about turning off the lights. <laughs> yeah, think of it. actually. I can't remember what it said, but... I think, but I think it was something really creepy, like... She hates it when you turn off the lights, or that's it. That's it, it. It only comes out when you turn off the lights. Oh, we will be talking about lights out at some point. Um, yeah. So all those years of like us crashing in each other's houses, and I never mm. slept with a light on. You know, when someone was staying over, or when I was staying in someone's house. You were like me, you were like almost embarrassed to admit it. Oh yeah, I was totally embarrassed about it. And it's so daft because for fuck's sake, we could have been like that safe point for each other. But So it's just learning far too late that phobias are nothing to be embarrassed about. Like it's like if if either of us had been like wise enough to just be like, Hey, this is gonna sound really weird, but I am made uncomfortable by this thing or I'm scared of this, would you mind if we this? Yeah, we both would have been like, "Oh fuck, yeah, I actually prefer that too." But <laughs> I mean, dude, that just comes under the long, long, long list of things that you and I didn't discover until it was too late. Oh, uh, you you really want to tell this story, don't you? Yep. It's uh, gonna... go for it. I'm gonna pour myself a beer while you embarrass us again. Yeah. Well, under the long, long list of things that Eddie and I didn't realize until it was too late. Turned yeah. out that when we were 16, we both had massive crushes on each other. Like, a whole summer of hanging out every day kind of crushes. Would have been a real, what do you think, a real bit of a Taylor Swift storybook romance kind of thing? Only, well, half her songs are about like heartbreak and horrible mistakes. No, so, I'm, yeah, I'm, so. I'm specifically thinking about Love Story. Ah, uh, yes. I think I think it was more a you belong with me. Yeah, like and we were I and I mean literally for a summer we hung out every day. We lived on opposite sides of a town. I didn't hang out with my two friends who lived really close to me. To explain the opposite sides of a town, I used to love telling people directions to Kaz's house from mine. It was you cross a road, you go down this way till you get to a park, walk walk past that park, cross the other road, walk Go over the river. Park, over the river, walk through a forest, go up a hill, turn left, go down the same hill, and that's where she is. <laughs> go 
up a hill down the same hill. Yeah. yeah. Really, really stupidly planned housing developments seem to be uh, um, a speciality of our hometown. We grew up in a, well, mountain town, so. Yeah, so basically you start walking up the mountain, stop, start walking back down again. And there you are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, 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 what are you talking about? That's how we get to each other's houses. Um, but if yeah. The, if you reach the obstacle course, you've gone too far. Also true. <laughs> Yes, that, I'm not even making that up. That's actually true. <laughs> if you if you go so far that you've reached the outdoor pursuit center or caravan park, we grew up in the Irish Twin Peaks, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And we discovered the Spanish Twin Peaks many years later, which is you know just as good, better, 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 better. Um, but yeah, the point of this being. This would have been, we were sick, I want to say 16. Yes. It was before I started dating the Juggernaut. Another referencing more Disney things. Yep, go ahead. No, it's not referencing Disney. It's the fact that he's the skinniest man alive. Oh, and I shit, Fox owns X-Men, don't they? It's just the skinniest person alive. So it's like calling a tall guy tiny. Oh, yeah, I know, but the Juggernaut is one of the... Well, he's not one of the X-Men, he's in the X-Men. I'm going to assume that that's where it came from, because I didn't make that up. <laughs> I actually found out many years later that his nickname by people was the Juggernaut. Um, yeah, so... Yeah. six. Yeah, we were about 16. So fast forward until we're, what, about 20? 2021? Yeah, about that. We're in uni. We're home for Christmas. Uh, the annual tradition of Eddie joining my family for Christmas had begun. My family has a really, really big Christmas that is really on Christmas Day, so I spend Christmas days with uh, Taz's family. Yeah, and we just like to bring in strange people to our house and feed them. That's how we met. That's how we met. Uh, no, as, as my mom says, our, our house is a house of waifs and strays. She also went through a phase of calling our house the New Zealand Embassy because of, <laughs> because of all the Kiwis we had visiting for a long time. Um, Actual New Zealand people, not the bird. Yeah, no, not the bird. Pretty sure that bird's either endangered or dead. I don't know. Patty can tell us. Patty, right in, tell us. Um, yeah, so we're sitting at Christmas dinner talking about something. I don't know what we're talking about. We're talking about people not knowing something or people not doing something. Like, how could they not tell? It's so obvious. Yeah, how could they not do whatever? And my mother, praise be upon her, turned around and went, yeah, like, you two fancying each other. Like, you could have knocked the sprouts out of my mouth. Kaz's jaw hit the floor, my eyebrows hit the ceiling. We were disgusted. Because we had no idea. Mm -mm. Like, zero clue and my whole family who were sitting there including my like including my big sister and my stepdad yep who aren't people you would expect to register this kind well my sister would but you wouldn't normally expect a middle-aged northern irish man to register things like teenage romance you know and what i mean even, even he was like you guys didn't know yeah he was like seriously dudes we were like so oh, obvious what <laughs> What? Why did nobody tell us? But I have never, ever, ever, 
ever been more glad that something didn't happen in my life. Oh, oh God, absolutely, Sam, and neither of us take offense to that. Kaz is basically my sister. Yeah, like, <laughs> there's, there's just, there's no way. Like, there have been situations where people have thought we were brother and sister. Is there an Icelandic Taylor Swift? I, I, what? Uh, the whole thing of, like, Iceland has, like, specific, like, sites and apps to make sure you're not hooking up with your cousin. I think that Northern Ireland needs that. Probably. I think it may be a few generations too late. Yeah. As, um, as I heard, I'd never heard this phrase yesterday, actually. I heard this phrase last night. Um, quite a lot of people in Northern Ireland would be, uh, would make good sandwich fillings. Because they're inbred. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it took me a second. I thought that was brilliant. I heard that last night and I laughed my head off for about... Do you know what? I heard it last night from the same man who informed me that that person from the past was called the Juggernaut. Yeah, I've been um, using a Bob's Burgers line to explain the flat I'm living in now. The walls are like super thin, like... It, they just like are like you can hear everything and at oh, one point and you can hear everything <laughs> abs absolutely and at one point my um like a friend came to visit and it was like getting quite late and i was like okay we're gonna have to keep it down from now on because i'm pretty sure some of these walls are just wallpaper <laughs> uh, that was a bob's burger sign that i've been using but like um finding out that we had a crush on each other it was, it was along the same line of shock when i realized that it was the line is actually teach pokemon to understand what did you think it was? Each. I just thought it was a broken English sentence. <laughs> I have never thought about that line before. Yeah, it was the same amount of like, wait, what the fuck? Oh god. <laughs> oh no, this is. I, I'm I'm too hungover for this shit, man. No. Funnily enough, I'm drinking beer. Ugh. Yeah. No, I I have done the um. The. <laughs> The old poetry club, if you recall, drink, um, and I'm drinking um, tropical squash, but with warm water. Oh, yeah. Hot squash. Shout out to Grania Tobin. <laughs> I know, hot Ribena was fucking amazing when I was younger. Yeah. Very anyway. Was. Anyway, do you want to talk about a phobia? I really do. Which one? <laughs> um, I don't know, but I have to tell you, I'm I'm uh, pretty scared of this guy called Nick. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, wait, well, this is going to bring us into something funny. So, um, Kaz and I both suffered from ectophobia. However, she suffered from a different kind. Yes. What Kaz suffered from was uh, technically xenophobia. <laughs> not, 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 in the racist, <laughs> not in the racist way you're thinking. Xenophobia is a fear of the unknown. So explain why that is. So as sagely put to be, put to be, bit, 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 sagely put to me by my big brother, oracle of all things and knower of my mind. Um, I wasn't scared of the dark. I was scared of what was in the dark. It was uh, demons, I think you said. Demons, what, yes. Um, what you were imagining. Yeah, I've never been the kind of person who was scared about, you know, sensible things like someone breaking into your house or the house going on fire or any of that, you know, actual shit that could happen. I just, just demons, just there's demons in the dark and it's just, just straight up demons. They're Catholic for your soul. Upbringing. Yeah. 
and you get to a point where no, you know, saying the Our Father, the Lord's Prayer, five hundred times isn't going to do anything because the demon just laughs at you. Like you know, they are the things that freak me out in the dark, not sensible things like scary men with bats. And like that's actually one of the reasons why um I wanted to bring I wanted to talk about that this episode because. A few episodes ago, I can't remember if it was the first or second, you did say something online. So it's not the fear of the dark. It's a fear of what could be hiding in it. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, like, not for me. That's That wasn't why I was scared. Because what I suffered from, and brace yourself to laugh again, was scotophobia. <laughs> yep. Do you know what? I heard this the first time around, and it's still funny. And I actually forgot about it, which makes it even better. Yep, Scott is my real first name, for those of you who didn't know that, and Kaz finds it hilarious that I... He's scared of himself. Well, it does just come from the Greek word for the dark, because nyctophobia uh, comes from nykt or nux, meaning... Night. Uh, night. In, um, in the words, the infamous words of Avril Lavigne, Sometimes I get so weird, I even freak myself out. That was haunting. Um, but I was, for me, the darkness was a tangible thing. Like I could almost feel it on me. It was like a, it was a weight. It was its own presence. And like, it was like, you know, being underwater sort of like, it, sure, like it was like, I was, I could feel it surrounding me. So like what authors would refer to as a, a blanket of darkness? Yes if they were particularly hacky and not very creative or they thought that a first draft was enough. Yes. Well, you know, I'm just going to breast boobily over there and uh, agree with that statement. You're going to bounce boobily down the stairs and tit your way into the kitchen. Tit my way into the kitchen. Um, For those of you who don't know this, like just Google like um, male writers writing females and it's just 100% fucking true. It's, it's I will try and find um, that the screenshot of that and post it to Facebook or Twitter. Um, excuse me it's while I, I actually I'm literally I'm actually doing a grown up thing I'm lifting a pen and a book to write down that I need to do that can I just point out point away eichmophobia is done you can point away but I'd like to also point out that the note I am writing in my book is just breasted boobily downward and <laughs> titty either way I just, it's so funny but <laughs> Yes, anyway, like for me, the darkness was a tangible thing. So I find it really interesting that not only did the two of us not know this about each other, we also suffered from the two most prevalent forms. Because we're basic bitches, you know? I like to think of myself as a basic bro, thank you. Alright, alright. Which is disgusting. I don't even know what that is. Uh, the kind of fucker who have a, a South Park likeness of themselves as a, as a profile picture. But not the kind of fucker that would have, like... A car as their profile picture. Oh, that that's just that's that's like a level beyond basic bro. That's king bro, is it? I believe so. Yes. Bro, bro to the max, bro. Or is I was it... in the pub. I was in the pub recently, and a guy tried to come in without wearing a mask. And when the bartender told him to go away, he was like, "Oh, come on, bruv." It's like what? <laughs> Who uses bruv anymore? And also, don't Breath. act as, the, as if this bartender owes you anything. Wear a damn mask. Unless you have a really serious medical condition where you can't wear a mask, 
wear your fucking mask and shut up. And I'm sorry if this is polarizing, but I don't care. If you believe yourself to be religiously exempt, you can fuck right off. Who the fuck's religiously exempt from wearing a mask? Idiots. Nah, fuck that. It's uh, it's like I, I saw this great sign online that someone somewhere had put up and it said, if you have a condition where, you know, wearing a mask is harmful to you, you should seriously consider should you be out and about. Yeah, should you even be out there? I know that's like hard to say for people and, who need to for work and stuff, but yeah. And if you are... But again, that is that is the consideration. And if the consideration is, yes, I need to go to work to feed my fucking children, that, you know, that I do understand that. That Jesus Christ, you're a human. Don't starve to death. Um, But then it said, and if you are pretending to have a serious illness to avoid wearing a mask, please fuck off. <laughs> Yeah, go to hell. And I thought that was brilliant. I was like, yeah, just don't, you know. Uh, it's like seeing the kind of people who would like complain about people wearing like burqas and hijabs say, I'm religiously exempt from wearing a mask. You can go to the hottest corner of hell. Get in the sea. Get in the sea. God, I, I've missed that phrase. That's what I have to say to those people. Get in the sea. Get in the sea, you next Tuesday. All right, I'll allow it. I'm right. Mm. Mm. Anyway, enough about bitching about the idiots who are complaining the lightest about new lockdown restrictions when they themselves are the ones responsible for them. Um, I want to bring the conversation on to the film Lights Out. Yes, the film which features a really good film, and I actually want to watch it again from we talked about it because I one did enjoy Wan's, it. One of James Wan's lesser known works. For those who don't know, he's one of the people behind Saw alongside the great Lee Whannell. Um, uh, Insidi the Insidious franchise, uh, Conjuring series. Um, well, he, he did Aquaman, weirdly. I remember being surprised at that. James Wan directed the most did recent Did James Aquaman. Wan do The Invisible Man, or was that Lee That was Lee Winnell. That was Lee Winnell. I can't remember which one it was. <laughs> That's one of those dudes. With a junkie dude from The Haunting of Hill House. He was The Invisible Man. Oh my god! Yeah. Yes, he was! Fucking fantastic. If, if, if it has Lee Whannell's name on it, it's fantastic. That's just the way it works. Jeez, you know, I didn't even realise that was him. He's a bit of yeah. a secret hottie. Secret? Is it, is it, is it not secret? No, oh. not at all. He's not, real, cause he's not really my cup of tea, but like... when oh, he is 100% mine. Oh. And, and <laughs> you know, there's another thing. Our, our taste in men differs a lot. Very much so, yes. No we, offense, Danny. We 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 do not share taste in men, like at all, really. No, no not <laughs> I, even kind of. Do you know I can't actually think of anyone that we've both actually fancied at the same time. It's not like you know, with my with some of my friends, it's like you both have a crush on the same guy at the same time or anything anything like that. Like even growing up, like I can't think of anyone that we were like we were more likely to have a crush on the same girl. I was about to say, I'm pretty sure that we are, we have agreed a lot on women. Yeah, but we never agree on men. No, not at all. We have very different tastes in men. Uh, <laughs> using another Bob's Burgers quote, Scott once described uh, a fella I dated as, if he were a spice, he would be flour. And my God, that was so fucking accurate. 
it was 100 percent true not a bad guy at all no just boring as sin no like genuinely i it's been 10 years and if i saw the guy now i would you know call him over and have a pint with him i i bear oh, absolutely not a bad person. i bear no ill will towards this person in the slightest and i i mean i probably should but i i really don't because he's just so boring yep that boring i don't understand how i did it that person me neither <laughs> and i mean i can't even be skeezy and act like he made up for it in other departments because he didn't so <laughs> Fucking wow. <laughs> Hi, mom. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is... Dear God. <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I don't even mean... I genuinely don't even mean that in a dirty way. Like, I, 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 no personality at all. Like, blank slate. Like, bah! Anyway. We're going to talk about uh, that one bit in the otherwise fantastic film, Lights Out. Oh, that, that bit. That pisses you off to this day. I cannot deal with that bit in Lights Out. Do you want me to just tell you, say the bit that I can't deal with? Yeah. So I'm not going to spoil the movie because you should watch it because it's, it's, you know what? It's spooky season. Watch every fucking horror movie you can find. <clears throat> that is the rule. Actually, it's not. It's absolutely not a horror film. But my plan tonight, because I'm hungover and you know when you're you're just feeling a bit... I've had a really rough work, really rough week at work, so much so that I can't speak anymore. Um... It's just been mad. My anxiety has been kicking my ass all week. I, bleh. I want some comfort. I want something kind of nice. A little bit like nostalgic. Uh, so when we finish recording and I um, get my dinner and stuff, I'm going to watch The Addams Family. <laughs> very cool and I am so excited because it's spooky month guys I'm not quite at the point where I want to watch Hocus Pocus yet I uh, I will leave that probably to Halloween week legendary film Um, I, I do love Hocus Pocus and I feel like I am Winifred Sanders every morning in the <laughs> summer when I open my curtains and I go oh look another glorious morning makes me sick um, <laughs> but yeah lights out great film However, there is a point in the movie. Light is obviously a relevant point to this film. Where someone hits their car keys, like hits the the unlock button on their, their automatic car keys, and their headlights turn on. This does not happen. This this is not how cars work. This is a key point. Like, isn't it? It's a it's a bit of a heel Mary pass in the movie. Because I remember I had just finished watching it. I was going to recommend it to you and you were like, oh yeah, no, I've seen that. But the car part pissed me off. And I was like, you know what? I don't even drive. I, at this point, I had never been behind the wheel of a car in my life. And even I was like, yeah, I, I was actually, I do remember going like, I don't think that's why that works. I'd actually not long passed my driving test when I went to see that movie in the cinema. Went with um, two friends of mine. And... This was like, I hadn't long passed my test. I I mean, don't get me wrong. I wasn't young when I passed my driving test. I was 24? No. I just finished uni. I wasn't 24. I was 22 when I passed mm -hmm. my driving test. And um, I'd, I'd moved home for a little while. And I was just bopping along, going to the cinema, which, you know, rural town in Ireland, 
we got a cinema. We got a cinema close by. That cinema's half an hour away. That yeah. that's that, and that was that was a revelation was a, when we were it was seventeen. A big deal when it opened. Yeah, we were like, oh my god, this there's a cinema that's only half an hour away. That's amazing, um, <laughs> and still a good cinema, and they do really nice popcorn. So I ain't gonna yeah. I ain't gonna slag it. You know, next time you're home and if the world's a bit more normal, I say we go on a cinema date because we never do that, and it'll be fun. I, I saw Rise of Skywalker there last Christmas. Ah, see, it's all it's all gravy, but. Well, I went to the cinema with my with my buds, and neither of them drove at the time either. And one of them is, um, a bit of a keen movie maker himself. His scripts are always very interesting, and oh my god, what that what that man can do to a camera, I I don't even understand. He managed to even make me look good on a camera, so you can he, fuck off with that. He's clearly talented, and my only fans is, um, <laughs> every time. Every time. Every time. Every time. When am I going to get to advertise mine? Well, is your OnlyFans called Three Goats and a Horse? So that's alarming. I I live in a tin house in a field, and in the field beside me there are three goats and a horse. So I feel like I'd hook people in with that name, and then it would the actually... The kind of people, I would imagine. Yeah, but they'd pay the money, Fair. and then it would just be, like, me talking to goats. <laughs> going, a going hello good but anyway yeah so I go to this go and see this film with the boys and I come out and I am I am livid like I am livid and I have a whole argument a whole ass argument with Matt about how this doesn't happen to cars <laughs> and how in a really good film like a, a film that is decent why this massive plot point exists because it completely ruined, like, you know, you go into a movie and you suspend your disbelief. And I absolutely, it, it totally ruined it for me. Like, I came out and I was like, ah, fucking, ah. That had, doesn't work. Had this whole argument with, with him and then proceeded to click my keys to my car because I hadn't long passed my test. I had the car there. And he then proceeded to tell me that it was just a setting I had on my car. That I didn't have my lights set up to turn on when I pressed the button. But why would you? It's not a thing. Exactly. The only person I can think of that could possibly do it is our friend and leader, Jill. And leader, yeah. Yeah, Um, Because her car has like a magical app that you can like turn the aircon on and all before you get in the car. She does live in Spain, though, so that is a very fucking good app. Yeah, so my point is, maybe her car has a set... Maybe her magical car app has a setting that she could do that with, but cars didn't have that seven years ago. I don't think. For those of you wondering why we're talking about this movie so much, it actually does... Like, the point of the film, it's actually... I think it was James Wan that made this as well. If you look up just Lights Out on YouTube, you will come across a very, very short film about a woman like getting ready for bed and she turns off her hallway light and notices a figure, like a silhouette standing in her hallway. Then she turns the light back on and it's gone. And then she does this repeatedly and the thing just keeps getting closer and closer and I won't spoil the end for it. Nope. But um Nope. Nope. But um yeah, it's actually it's it's horror it's it's horrifying. That's it's, it's a really absolutely scary the kind of thing that just freaks me out so much. Like I that is my level film. of creeped out. 
I did find the completely like scriptless, like no spoken words in this film, like scarier than the actual film, but the film itself is pretty good. It is about this thing. I won't call it a demon or a ghost. I'm not going to say what it is. Um, that can only exist in pure darkness. So the reason he turns his car lights on through magic, I assume, um, mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. to get, is to like give him by himself some time, get into the light. And this is why we're talking about it in our Nectophobia episode. Yeah. And, it, and it not brings... in our films that pissed Kaz off episode. That'll be a whole other thing. But <laughs> while I'm going to talk in talking about this, I'm going to bring up a film that pissed me off. Um, not pissed me off, but just, I didn't really see the point. Um, that was using um, a very, very good, and these days, in the days of, like, jump scares, which I'm fine with. I don't mind jump scares as long as they are seldom and effective. If you have an entire movie, like, what is it, The Quiet Ones, which is just constant jump scares, they I get bored. Yeah, I wasn't um, all about that one. It was not a good film. Um, it was... It, it's a technique that I believe is known as nothing is scarier. Which is the idea that no filmmaker, no author, no, like no one else is ever going to be able to think of something that scares you more than what you, you can imagine yourself. 100% yes. So nothing is scarier lets the audience's imagination scare themselves. Yeah, like, but this this is so true. I mean, I nowadays can watch horror movies until the cows come home. Yeah. I still struggle to read some horror books. Yeah, because especially when it comes to books, like you are always, no matter how it's described, you're going to add nuances and change. Excuse me, to it that will uh, change, like how it is described or how you think it looks. To make it scary for you, even unknowingly. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you watch a horror movie, and that is the the filmmaker's interpretation of what either what they find scary or what they think would appear. You know, the the general audience would find scary, and mm. that's not going to hit the nail on the head for everybody. Like this is why there are things like horror movies where some people laugh their heads off because the things that you know, say 50% of the population are terrified of, this 20% of the population find hilarious. Yeah. It's like, um, I've seen people, like, play horror games on YouTube or, like, I've been watching horror films with people and I've been there, like, oh my god, this is scaring me, and they've been there, like, how stupid is that? <laughs> like, like our friend. Yes, but he is, like, grossly unaffected by horror films. He, he <laughs> is just... He is the yeah. best person to watch a horror film with if you're watching a shit horror film. Mm. Actually, do you know what? He's just the best person to watch a horror film with. No. If as it's long as it's not one. About. Yeah. As long as it's not one that you really want to watch. If you're just in the kind of mood where you're like, fuck it, let's crack a beer and watch a horror film and have a bit of a giggle. Yeah. So it was, I think it was Mary Elizabeth McGlynn is my favorite songstress ever. I know I should say singer, but I just love the word songstress too much. I think it sounds really cool. Um, it's allowed. We will allow it. She's a songstress, voice actor. Um, I think she's also a songwriter. She's a voice director. Um, for like, I think some of the more famous works she's done are like Silent Hill. She's been in a lot of the Silent Hill soundtracks. Mm -hmm. She was in the Dishonored soundtrack. <clears throat> and I believe she was one of the lead voice directors for the English dub of Naruto. So basically, you got you got a big boner for this woman. 
she is yeah she, she's in a non-creepy way um anyway she um was at a convention once i remember her talking about the concept of nothing is scarier of like you're walking down a hallway and there's a door at the end of the hallway very long quite dark hallway and you can hear noises coming from behind the door like scratching shuffling movement and you know it's bad you've got it in your head you know it's something bad and you're just walking towards the door and naturally like the sign's getting clearer and lighter as you approach it then you get to the door and you try to open it and it's unlocked it's locked you can't open the door and the sign stops and she said that is more terrifying than just opening the door and saying like oh a giant spider or oh a demon oh look it's pyramid head again like um because what you're imagining on your walk up to that door is always going to be scarier yeah. than what's actually on the other side and i mean this is where a lot of horror movies fall down and that's something that's talked about quite a lot. It's talked about quite a lot in one of my favourite podcasts, Real Life Ghost Stories. Because um, mm. they always do a, like a movie review at the beginning. And they talk about it a lot. That, you know, so many films are really good. And then you see the monster. Jeepers Creepers is the one that comes into my head for that. Do you know why I don't think I've ever actually watched Jeepers Creepers the whole way through? It's alright. But everyone... Well, I, don't, I won't say everyone. I don't know if it's everyone, but so many people I've talked to about that film, I've talked with about that film, have said something along the lines of it, it stopped being scary when you saw the thing. Do you know? Um, I feel exactly like that about Insidious. Oh, the like Darth Maul-y guy. Yeah. What the fuck? What's this? Like Darth Maul's cousin. Like seeing that like Freddy Krueger looking like silhouette, and it's like, what do you want? And just slowly pointing to the sleeping child that was that's that was horrible terrifying. and terrifying and then you yeah. see him and it's like, him, you're like oh this is what happened to dark maul after he died yeah you're like <laughs> oh bro you went and bought some snazaroo face paint day eh? like now ruins it which which actually leads me to um what you were saying about you know there's nothing scarier hmm. a really good medium um and I'm really, really, really glad that funny. Well, we're talking on the medium, so for fuck's sake, it is coming back. I'm really yep. glad that podcasts are so popular and stuff now, because I think it was something that has been missed since you know radio dramas were a thing and stuff. Uh, and yes. it was something that we studied um, when I did radio drama in uni. It was something that one of my lecturers pointed out, and he's like, he's written every book on audio drama in the world, like seriously trying to do an essay and to give to this man and not quote him <laughs> was really difficult like to the extent that i'm pretty sure i tweeted about it or facebooked about it and he commented on it going yeah how else do i get my book seals up you know like it was really funny he was to be fair i quoted one of well, i referenced one of my own books in a piece of university coursework once yeah well you know writer's prerogative i suppose yeah but um he said audio is one of the only mediums and you can't do this in movies. You can to an extent do it in a book, but I suppose it depends on the way that you read. Um, audio, you can have an audio drama and it's 20 minutes of someone sitting in a dark room and it's pitch black and you can convey that you're in pitch black. You cannot do that in a movie because mm. someone would get bored. You get yeah, you get bored. You could you would not watch a black screen for twenty minutes. No. Like no. unless you're really stoned. Yeah, but then it probably wouldn't be a black screen. 
<laughs> True. So it, it it's just fascinating because that in my head that that's under the same thing. Because what it is is you're picturing yourself being in the dark. See, I never really considered that about audio dramas, honestly. But it's, it's like undeniable now mm-hmm. that you said it. Oh, that that's one of the reasons why I find them so affecting. Like, it is it is one of the reasons why I am massively obsessed with a lot of podcasts and stuff now, because it's it's something that movies can't do hmm. and movies can do a lot don't get me wrong well you were but they can't going do back that. to something that you said that it depends on how you read i'm fairly sure the two of us read in the same way don't we so some people will read and they will just understand the words and know what they're going to convey and that's how they absorb the story but you and i i think read in the same way where we actively picture it like a movie in our heads I, you know, we talked Am about this before, and I don't know. I, d- I, I don't know how I read. Like, but it's similar, like, people, different people think in different ways. Some people, like, actively, like, hear their own voice, or sometimes not even their own voice, in their heads as they're thinking. Yeah. Some people will just know the thought, and some people will actually think in words. Like, they'll be able to see the words written, like, in their heads, and that's how they think. It's the same with reading. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I genuinely, we talked about this, and I'd said, yeah, I think that's how I think, and, and now I don't, I don't know. I couldn't tell you if I read a book, am I imagining this? And I, I think I must be, because obviously, I picture things in my head. It's like, if I read a book, and I'm sorry to bring them up, but it is totally the best example I can think of off the top of my head. The uh, those books about a boy wizard. Blah. There you go. That's all I'm saying. Um, no, but this this is this is a really good way to make my point. I obviously had images of what they looked like in my head, but I didn't think that I did until I saw the movie, and I'd be like, "That's not what they look like." Hey, we we got um, our GTC Spanish teacher reading Twilight. Remember. And she outright refused to even look at like trailers. She was enjoying them and she outright refused to even look at trailers for the films because she was like, I know what these people look like in my head and I don't want that to be ruined. Yeah. She's like, I have an idea of what these characters look like and I don't want to see what the actors look like because then they'll be replaced and it won't be like my story anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I really do think that that's a thing. It's like there was a book I read years ago, really fucking weird book called How I Live Now. Um, I think it was by Meg Rosoff, but I love that book because it was fucked up. It was mental. Um, and then I saw there was a movie came out about it, maybe about eight nine years ago, and Saoirse Ronan played the lead character in it. Yeah. And now I don't remember what I pictured the lead character as. See, that would bother the hell out of me if that were the case. But that's what happened with those boy wizard books to me. Someone says those names of those three main characters and I picture that actor. But I read those books long before, obviously not all of them because all the books weren't out before the films were out, but, you know, I yeah. I don't remember what my image of them was so because it's been replaced by the movie. That's pretty interesting. Hmm. Sometimes. But, um... Sometimes I do brain things. 
Otherwise, something I was going to bring back, um, just going back to the nothing is scarier in films, the one, the film where I was introduced to this concept that also made it sound ridiculous to me was Jaws. I remember watching Jaws and having a point that out to me, it's like, I, you don't actually see the shark or like how big it is or whatever. Like, you're going to, like, because then you imagine it and what you're imagining is scarier or like more like intense than that and i was there like i know what a fucking shark looks like <laughs> like this isn't a demon this isn't a ghost this isn't like I, I like what's under what does jason look like under the mask it's i know what a fucking shark looks like <laughs> yeah but the thing is like the issue with that is that you, you that's exactly the problem you know what a shark looks like and the effects at the time would not have looked like a shark <laughs> No, but it's it's still like but like someone trying to explain it to me in the same vein is like nothing is scarier. I was just like, yep, that's not. It's a shark. Yeah, yeah but that, but that that looks like a shark, and I know what a shark is. So on that note, <laughs> <laughs> what I know what a shark is. On that note, goodbye. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. We're running out of time. <laughs> yeah, we're running out of time, and let's see if we can get this up on a Friday night instead of a Wednesday, and hopefully you'll forgive us all of our you know three listeners i don't know um we've forgotten what forgiveness looks like so please remind me oh please remind me please show us what it's like to be forgiven jesus fuck i have reached the point in my hangover where i've gone mad and i either need distinguishable i assure you i either need to sleep or drink or upload the episode or upload the episode um, wish me luck guys uh, if you are out there if you are listening um, give us a shout let us know it's it's always nice to hear that people are like we get things obviously personally we've both been told by people that they're listening and stuff and that's awesome um, yeah give, even if you tell me how annoying my voice is yeah like even if you're there going shut the fuck up Kaz stop recording episodes or stop <laughs> fucking up recording episodes um <laughs> And stop dropping metal things on your glass desk while you're recording and making clinky noises. Um, yeah, drop us a line. We are on Twitter at podcastphobia. Our email address is phobiaphobiapodcast at gmail.com. We are on... Fa- the Facebook page is getting quite a lot of hits at the minute, actually. We are, yeah, we are on Facebook, um, just phobiaphobia. Yeah, give us a buzz, guys. Any Please ideas? give us someone to talk to other than ourselves. We're <laughs> so bored of each other. I hate him so much. Jesus. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys.